Thanks for joining us today, guys. We recorded this episode on site at Bardstown Bourbon Company. Had a little bit of an issue with one of our microphones, so bear with us. I promise you'll enjoy it as we taste through some dusty whiskeys at the Bardstown Bourbon Company vault. On this episode of The Bourbon Hunters, dude Tyler and Jeff sit down with Logan in the library at Bardstown Bourbon Company to experience a taste of whiskey history by sipping on three different dusty expressions from 1948, 1974, and 1963. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Unicorn Nation Apparel. Magical apparel for magical people. Go to their website at www.unicornnationapparel.com or check out the link in our bio for some awesome Bourbon Hunters exclusive bourbon shirts provided by Unicorn Nation Apparel. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Start from the top. I'm Logan. Welcome to Barstown Bourbon Company. And happy birthday, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are going to be uh, showcasing three of these vintage pours, and then we'll kind of dive into present day as well, our premium distillery collection available only here. Uh, but to kind of zoom in in this room, for everybody listening, we are inside our vintage tasting library. Over 400 bottles that date back to 1892, uh, Cedarbrook out of Anderson County. Um, we have some pre-prohibition, prohibition bourbons and whiskeys, some with the, the medicinal script on the back, like take three tablespoons in the morning, uh, Greenbrier, it's crazy, right? Yeah, when some distilleries had the blessing to make that delicious medicinal whiskey. <laughs> take three tablespoons. Yeah, every hour till you feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> had to work now. You were there last night. Yeah. Oh, okay. A little hair of the dog, and then uh, we have some original Van Winkle stuff, uh, beautiful like 1970s handmade 16-year bourbon, uh, amazing stitzel weller wall. Uh, one of the most beautiful sets is that Old Crow Chessman series 10-year bourbon distilled in 59, uh, bottled or decanted if you will in 69. Uh, it, they don't make it like they used to. That was absolutely bananas. Uh, and then like some present-day hard-to-find gems and literally everything in between. So this room people can sit at our bar, they can sit at our visitor experience center or rent it out. And they can like, hey, I want to do an ounce of this, an ounce of that. We offer everything by the ounce. So what you see is what we have. We don't have backups of anything. <laughs> so when it's gone, it's gone. And we're constantly hunting for the next vintage bottles. So if anybody out there is listening, you have a great collection, get a hold of us at the <laughs> Bourbon Company. We're always on the hunt for good bourbon. Who's in charge of, um, bourbon hunters. of that? Just yeah, like, see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> Who's in charge of kind of, you know, being in... in so that's our VP of product development and hospitality, Dan Calloway. Okay. Um, he, well, he's starting to relinquish a little bit because we have another person that, uh, one of our new hires, uh, visitor experience representative that is now like has a lot of connections and he's, he just like sold us to the company about 12 bottles. Wow. So, and some of those from like fifties, eighties. Um, so it's, yeah, we're, we're going to be leaning on him heavily to reinvest into this room. Yeah. Nice. That's mm -hmm. great. So I'm sure that all those connections are helping acquire, right, the, the bottles in this room. So how did this start? So we'll, uh, our company started, we broke ground in 2014. I'll zoom out for a second and come more granular. Um, started construction in 2014, uh, distilling in 2016. In a short five years we've been producing whiskey, we've grown to a top 10 whiskey producer in the nation. Uh, it's because of our collaborative distilling program. So we custom distill, in other words, for over 30 brands, making over 50 recipes for people like Kentucky Owl, uh, High West, Jefferson's, Bell Meat, first of its kind, literally where they choose everything. So where they want to source the grains, like the farmers they want to work with, cooperage, char levels, yeast strains, you name it, 500 variables of distillation as we operate on a smart system called Ignition, and they sit down with our Bourbon Hall of Famer, Master Distiller, Steve Nally. 
Um, so Steve, like 50 years in the industry this coming March, over 30 years at Makers, 18 as their master distiller. With him at our helm and our smart system that we operate on for production, people will trust us to make any recipe on the market or completely start from scratch if you're starting a new brand. So that collaborative revenue allows us to reinvest into the property and allows us to reinvest into some whiskey bottles as well, some that date back to like pre-prohibition, right? Um, and then it also gives us a privilege to let our bourbons age. So in 2023, we're gonna release our estate weeded bourbon, rye bourbon, rye whiskey. And I'll allude more to that as we build up towards our distillery collection. But this is the newest room. So we started distillation in 2016, opened our, our kitchen and bar in 2018, visitor experience side 2019. Shortly following that was going to be this vintage library. So this was just a shell of a room with like some beams, nothing like this at all. We had some bottles that are kind of like scattered about in our what is now like our beautiful gift shop, retail shop. Um, so this started to slowly come together. The idea was there, the vision was there, but even though it's been exponential growth, it was very mindful and incremental at the same time. Like we need to do one thing at a time, and I think we did this room justice. Mm -hmm. So you talked about some pre-prohibition and, and different things like that. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten anything? I would assume if you get something and you, I assume you have to taste it before you even offer it, right? Because if it's terrible, you don't want to make it available. Uh, one would think, but oftentimes it's like buying sight unseen sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I and, mean, before you put it in this room and make it available, I mean. Oh, to people? Yeah. yeah. Well, there was bottles that were purchased and then pop with guests. Yeah. Like our VP of product development was entertaining some VIPs and then like, hey, let's try this. And it was a complete dud. Yeah. It's like, well... It is what it is. But the excitement <laughs> and the build-up would probably still be a fun experience. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So I was wondering about that. Like, so those have been tasted. Then so all mm -hmm. everything in this room, I assume, by now has been tasted. No, there's still some bottles that remain unpopped. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so cool. it's just maybe they're at a higher price point where no it takes the right person, yeah. or maybe it's just some, um, I guess, more hidden gems. Huh. Um, so yeah, there's... What's the most expensive pour in this room? Uh, expensive pour is going to be that red wax top. Uh, that's from the 1970s Van Winkle Handmade Collection. So it's 16 years old, and for, I like to say it's one ounce in a lifetime. It's only $2,500 for one ounce. <laughs> Act now. It's a birthday, after all, right? Yeah. That's not mm -hmm. available to you. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's birthday, but not mine. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Um, all right. So do we want to dive into some of this, or did you have more that you want to No, let's, uh, let's dive in. Experience is the best teacher. Uh, right. So everybody has some great old Kentucky limestone tap available to them. Feel free to use that. Refills on backup. Uh, and then we're going to be starting off in Bergen, Kentucky, just south of Harrodsburg, uh, where Dixon Deadman, Deadman family's from, a Kentucky owl. But we're going with Lord Dowling. This is a American blended whiskey. And uh, so we're going to be starting off with American blending whiskey, and we're going to be ending with our American blended whiskey. But uh, Lord Dowling, this distillery started in the late 1800s by uh, Michael Larson. No, wait, back up. Daniel Larson. His father-in-law was W.H. Uh, McBrayer of Cedarbrook out of Anderson County. Once his father-in-law passed away, got out of the whiskey game, wasn't interested anymore, so he sold uh, that more distillery to the Dowling Bros. Dowling Brothers started taking it over, small little town in Bergen, Kentucky. Literally, there's uh, one four-way stop, and their school's like K through 12. <sighs> Tiny town, right? Um, and this eventually fell out once Prohibition hit, and then they reopened once Prohibition came back, or ended, rather, and they rebuilt it by like a railroad track, just trying to get higher traffic, more or less. So... At this time, uh, I guess whiskey was kind of falling by the wayside, and it was also kind of a cost-efficiency thing where they started blending in neutral grain spirit, or grain neutral, vice versa, in with their whiskey. So this is gonna be coming in 35% straight whiskeys, 65% grain neutral. We're getting some of that whiskey flavor, but they're trying to appeal more to like the, the gin and vodka drinkers, right? Trying to bring them back by softening that whiskey flavor profile. 86.6 uh, proof. I think it's phenomenal. It drinks beautifully dusty. It's right out of 1948. Um, but this distillery no longer operates. It, it closed down. It was recently demolished within the last decade. Wow. So you'll never have that again. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> it's super cool, though. It's a nice nose. Yeah. Wow. 
So you talk, I know at the beginning you started talking about your smart system that you yeah. can develop any, basically, in theory, any blend or any recipe, right, whatever. So it have, has the company thought to say, okay, this is a distillery that isn't around anymore, we can't get this ever again, and trying to play with different recipes to see if you can recreate some of these old dusties? Uh, fascinating question. Uh, to my knowledge, no. We can recreate flavor profiles, but it wouldn't. We would have to buy the rights to the brand, you know. Um, and <clears throat> we're just focusing on like the only brand that we're focusing on is Bardstown Bourbon Company. Sure. That's the only thing we're going to have sole rights to. All the other brands like Kentucky Owl, uh, High West Jeffersons, Calumet, Burdog, all those, they they own that. So once that distillate, that white dog hits a barrel. They can do whatever they want, age it off-site, or they can age it with us. Now with our new bottling line open, we can age it, bottle it, distill it, all of it on this 100-acre property. Okay. But to be able to go back in time, and I guess like Frankenstein some of these like whiskeys, <laughs> yeah. uh, right now I don't think it's in the business plan, but sure. you know, we'll see what the future holds. They have to have their yeast strain too, most likely. I mean, it, right. that's a lot of the flavor that people don't talk about is that, that yeast. Oh yeah, very impactful. Um, so are we this, just nosing or are we getting into oh, this? Oh, yeah. The, the Take sips. Don't, don't wait for me. This is phenomenal. Yeah, it smells really good. Yeah. Tyler, what nose are you getting? Uh, I mean, it definitely has, like, to me, like a darker fruit sweetness to it. Yeah. Definitely a nice sweetness. Did you already taste it? I had it just a little. No, I thought you were going to come up with some, like, Exotic fruit, like you always do. <laughs> this is plum. <laughs> I'm getting underripe dragon fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Medium to long finish, which is actually pretty good for it being an 80, what you say 86.6? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what I was noticing yesterday when we um, we stopped at Willet on our way through yesterday and had some of their dusties also. Some of these old dusties with the, the lower proof, like at first, it almost hits me flat, and then it like starts to like blossom on your palate. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know what it was about the the older yeah, ones. We both felt the same way. Yeah, the the way that it just like starts to develop in on your palate. But it, at first, um, my first thoughts like, oh, this is hitting me flat, and then it starts to grow and starts to open up on you. A little lackluster in the beginning, yeah, and just yeah, like I, crescendo I, of flavor. Right. Yeah. I don't know why these older finish. bourbons do that, but mm -hmm. they all hit me like that. Most of them do. There's been some uh, where they just like fall super, super thin. You're like, okay. Yeah. It is what it is. Just like, yeah. not a lot of finish, but a good rule of thumb. Like, I think a lot of it too is uh, the, the barrel proof was a lot lower back then. And so you have like more viscosity because uh, they're adding less water when they're going to bottling. Yeah. And so it just like maybe takes a minute to open up and then it just like really coats a palate. Yeah. Okay, so maybe that's the... Because that was a big thing, right? They, is that entry proof was a lot lower back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. I know with uh, Stitzel Weller, their big thing was a low entry point. Mm -hmm. And then I think when Diageo took over, just for financial reasons, they started raising that a little bit to get more bang for their buck. On, the, on that palate, that like longer finish, I'm almost getting like that smoky, peaty flavor on my palate, too. Are you getting that or no? My first drink is never accurate. Um, it's interesting that there's a little bit of a, maybe a PD um, on the back. On the front though, I, I that one I felt a little bit more sweetness than the first time. Yeah. So it's almost like what you were talking about. It, it seemed to um, grow a little bit since the first taste. Um, it's hard to describe for me right now. I'm not really sure what I'm getting, but it, it's good. It's just a, it's a sweetness, and then it kind of travels to the back, and it, it be, it's not a bitterness on the back end, but it's like a little bit of a bite to the yeah. tongue. And, and it may be more floral for me than I'm getting peat, but it's something that I'm still waking up my palate this morning. It's how we say good morning in Kentucky, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Little Kentucky uh, hug. Start the day. You're being quiet. How's, how's your stomach doing? Oh, good? it's good. <laughs> Probably would have been better to do this yesterday, but uh, on the way here, because he still didn't know, we'd stopped into the tasting on our way in, and he's like, I, I don't know. 
my, my stomach's not doing good after that last day. So I was like, well, you better wake up because we're about to go do something fun. <laughs> do you want a bubbly water? No, actually, I feel good right now. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, though. appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. I think I'm going to save some of that when we come back to it, too. Yeah, I'm going to as well. I've got like a little swallow left. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what's the next one? So uh, transitioning to a rye whiskey, but uh, this going not necessarily in chronological order, but more of proof, right? So building in proof, now it's going to be 93 Old Overholt 1810 Straight Rye Whiskey out of Pennsylvania. Uh, so this is phenomenal. I'm incredibly excited to be able to offer this rye whiskey here, but this is the longest running rye brand in America, and it's still continuing to be produced, uh, now owned by Jim Beam. Um, but yeah, since I think right at 1800, Henry was uh, Abraham Old Overholt's father. He was just making great whiskeys. He was like a, a German import, if you will. And then Abraham, his son, took it over and really started to turn it into a business and like grew the reputation exponentially. Uh, not necessarily overnight, but over some years before he eventually handed it down to his son, Henry Clay, uh, or grandson, rather. Um, but yeah, this just started off kind of like small in Pennsylvania, and then it grew to one of like the most national recognized whiskeys out there. Uh, but of course, you know, every high kind of has an equal match low. Uh, Prohibition did its, uh, I guess, damage on it a little bit, even though they were still able to offer this because they had some leverage, somebody in a treasury was attached to this distillery, so they had the, the blessing to make that medicinal whiskey. Um, but then eventually they had to sell. This was in 1932 to National Distillers Product, and they continued on the legacy till it was sold, this brand, to Jim Beam in 1987. Uh, so distilleries often die out far quicker, uh, but brands live on and they get traded like baseball cards, right? Uh, this, yeah. Now this distillery, this brand owns this brand, and they own the rights to it. Um, and it's just one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, currently JW Dant, right? Yeah. Owned by Heaven Hill, but they now have Log Still, and it's cool to see what they're able to do honoring their tradition and their history while having to go within the caveats of not owning the rights to JW Dant. That business side always interested oh, me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how, like, okay, why, you know, to, to quote you, trading like business cards, like, what gets a some of those bigger distilleries interested in, oh, you know, we want to go work or go purchase this uh, distillery now? Uh, oftentimes story, right? And if it's uh, maybe a classic like business tactic, buy low, sell high sort of thing, um, more often than not, like distilleries are coming to an end, kind of like having struggles, uh, hitting bankruptcy, and so they need help from some conglomerate that's a little bit bigger. Yeah, just kind of like Lux, you know, MGP buying Lux Row for four billion. Um, I don't think they were struggling though, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. no, that's just a good opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what I have noticed, Overhaul has made a huge like uh, turnaround. Well, and, like they retooled that entire line. Now yeah. To one fourteen, I think there's a one hundred maybe or a ninety. Mm -hmm. it might even be a ninety four proof actually <laughs> that's out now. Um, but we can get that in Ohio, which is kind of yeah. cool. It's yeah. Like, it sits on the well, I think one fourteen. I think is just what is that. Old granddad, are you thinking of? No, they have. No, they I think they have. Yeah. I thought they had uh, eleven. Was it like? But it goes to eleven. <laughs> I'm sure they, they do have a one hundred um, that I finally started to see back on the shelves in Ohio. But I feel like I hadn't seen. I haven't seen I thought it, it was in a old, while until I thought it was the old, last year. Old road eleven. Am I right on? Or am I wrong on that? There's a an eleven year, I think. But I think yeah. I'm, they have the or yeah, old overhaul one fourteen. Don't mm. test me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's your birthday. They do have an eleven year, yes, and then they have their regular rye whiskey. Gotcha. So don't test mm. me. All yeah. right, let's get into this one. Yeah. From uh, 1974, uh, the NAS on your sheet stands for no age statement. So we know it's at least two years because it's a straight rye whiskey. But how old? There's some mystery, yeah. and that's one of the things about this room. It's like you can do all the research sometime in the world, but one story is different than what this next article is going to tell you, yeah. and it's, it can be elusive, just like Greek mythology. Like, what actually happened? Are you going to like the rye? I, I'm, I like the smell so far. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big rye guy. Okay. But I think that is incredibly good. approachable. Uh, yeah. oh, I love that smell. That smells yeah. good. The noses on rye to me are just... I do like Michter's. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I like uh, Middle West Spirits, Pumpernickel rye, the dark Pumpernickel. That's good, but... 
generally speaking. Yeah. Michter's is one of those brands that goes in at a lower entry proof as well. Yeah. We had a 25-year will it? Rye yesterday? Right? Dang. How special is that? It's uh, good. Yeah. I was not a fan, but they Okay. Like, oh, this is good. I like this. This is really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like it a lot. Beautifully bright. Still got enough depth so of airy. spice. Oh, yeah. yeah. That spice. Yeah. No, that's good. Oh, man. There's a very distinct aftertaste on this. Um, I know what you're saying. I, I can't pen. I don't know what it is. Um, it all, I mean, it, it almost has like a... It's almost like a little bit of a funk. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, dude, do I want to dare say that it tastes like the smell of your old grandma's uh, like closet? Like it just, it's a, <laughs> no, not mothballs. Like, I don't, I don't know how to, it's probably not the best way to describe it, but it's, um, your descriptions are always not yeah. the best way to describe it, but <laughs> it's very, it's a very nostalgic, uh, aftertaste. All right. That's a better way to phrase it than mothballs. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Um, that's excellent. Yeah. That's fantastic. You seem to be lighting up. Good. Yeah, that's got a good, it's got a good mouth coat. The, the finish isn't very long. It kind of drops off, but like it's a, it's a good, Yeah. I don't know, it hits every part of the tongue for me. Uh, even though it's not like blooming in the chest like that first one did, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It sticks with me. The tongue coat, I think, really helps with that. It's yeah. It's nice. I like this. And you don't know the um, the mash bill on that, do you? Mm mm. Mm mm. I don't know if uh, the mash bill they're making yeah. now is the yeah. same as what they were doing, or just sure. kind of honoring the style. Yeah. What I think is crazy is like there's almost no dill taste to this at all. Yeah, it's fascinating, right? Yeah. yeah. Which and more like citrus, like yeah, yeah. So I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I don't like pickles, but there's something about the dill taste in rye that like draws me to it. Yeah, it's just so unique, and like the the willets I had yesterday were just like you were, felt like you're drinking, yeah, like a, a like pickle juice, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it was and adult like pickle juice. Yeah. Pickles. yeah, he doesn't like pickles. I don't like that flavor in rye. He does like yeah. flavor. Yeah, you like dill pickles, or maybe it's just another. I love all pickles for um, the most part, especially like sandwich, uh, chip, like any of the sweet pickles, regular pickles, dill pickles. Yeah. I love them all. I used to hate them growing up, but I love them now. I love dill pickles too. Yeah, and I like rice. And that twenty-five year rye yesterday just, was insane. So you're the baby bear right in the middle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is good, though. I do like this It one. is really good. What's the uh, what Kentucky Tavern here? Kentucky Tavern. Uh, you know, incredible, just like this, absolutely beautiful. So kind of definitely building up in body and also in proof, so bottle and bond uh, at 100 proof. And um, so just like some of the amazing brands still today, they don't make it like they used to. You know, there's something so special about particularly this era coming in from the 60s, but with that, this is going to be a massive body, uh, crescendoing, if you will, before we get into our American whiskey blend. But eight years at the time was a old bourbon, right? It wasn't yeah. common, um, and you can really taste like the patience that was put into this process from this decade. So uh, originally started in Owensboro, Kentucky, back in who was this? Like late 1800s. Then was sold to James Thompson in early 1900s, like 1901. And then he changed the name uh, to Glenmore Distillery. Uh, then eventually they bought Yellowstone in Shively. So they were making yeah. whiskey in Shively as well as in Owensboro. Uh, and so that's why you can see on the front of this bottle, it's like in Louisville and Owensboro distilled and bottled by Kentucky Tavern. Okay. Um, I think this is an absolute banger of a bourbon. We just popped this. This is literally from the 60s. <laughs> just popped this yesterday. Uh, so this has cool. been untapped. This is one of those like, hey, there's some stuff not opened yet. That was this up until about 24 hours ago. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. pretty sweet. That is pretty yeah. cool. There you go. Um, <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just think that's... Happy birthday. I mean, whether whether it's like a great bourbon or not, like that is so cool to have 
something that was bottled in 1963. That was never touched? That was never touched. Yeah. This one might be coming to me. (laughs) And, like, when we do pop these after every pour to preserve, like, the freshness of the flavor, we give a little spritz of argon gas in the bottles. Oh, really? Just like a bourbon system for wine. Yeah, yeah, just like that vacuum seal, if you will, of gas. Uh, Just really try to prevent any oxidation. You missed that. I did miss that. Uh, we just do a little spritz of argon gas after each pour when we're going back to cap it to preserve these whiskeys as much as possible um, oh, to prevent any like further oxidation. And that doesn't do anything to it at all? But it just helps prevent further oxidation? Yeah, kind of like a Ziploc seal of gas on the top layer. Yeah. And then it displaces the oxygen, argon heavier than oxygen. So argon here, oxygen gets pushed up, so we just keep this kind of nice and fresh. Popular in the wine industry, it's called a Corvin system. Yeah. You have like a little needle that goes in, you can yeah. pour a little bit. Um, and we use that for vintage whiskeys as well. Really? That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. I was wondering what that was when I saw that sitting over there. I was like, are they like clearing the glasses <laughs> or what? <laughs> yeah. Can you get that? <laughs> yeah. Are you able to, to get that in stores? Oh yeah, like just order on Amazon or wherever. Oh, okay. Yeah. I might, you know, do that with some of mine. Mm-hmm. With your dusties? Yeah, with my dusties. <laughs> so, I mean, what's the, the feeling on not letting them oxidize versus letting them oxidize a little bit? I mean, uh, obviously, if they get super empty, like the overhold there. Yeah. So, uh, a little bit of oxidation is fine. It's going to kind of like change the flavor profile a little bit, uh, maybe some nuttier tones. Great. Um, and not a whole lot is going to happen if the whiskey's kind of sitting here at the shoulder because not a whole lot of room for oxygen to happen oxidation to happen. Uh, here, like just like you mentioned, plenty of room for oxygen to get all in the bottle, and it's gonna completely like mute the flavors. If you ever made the mistake of pouring a whiskey late at night, and then you just leave it out the next day, and you go back to smell it in the glass and taste it, completely, not ruined, but it does not do it justice at all. It like mutes them, softs them, and it's just like, what happened to this beautiful expression? Yeah. yeah. Like a staleness, if you will. Sure. So, do you do that even with like some of your newer bottles in here, like like the BTAC stuff that maybe? Uh, we we can, we could, but if they're going to be like drank within, I don't know, a couple years or so, and they're yeah. still just let it ride. But anything like gotcha. twenty okay. years older, yeah. Or if you're keeping it around for ten years and the bottle's been this low, even if it's like a present day release, it's not going to taste. The same. Mm. Okay. That makes so sense. Do you so you think a bottle should be drank, you know, unless you're doing that to it, you know, within a couple of years? For the best flavor, like two to five. Gotcha. Um, if it's been open and completely like low, low, low. Now if it's been open in a little couple pours, should be fine mostly. Okay. Um, okay. that's good to that's know. That's good to know, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Let's yeah, get into this sound. Uh, yeah, this nose is yeah, this nose is like yeah. hit me in the face right away. Yeah. That's like a traditional bourbon-y. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, even looking at the color, gosh, the color on um, both of the the first and the third, yeah, are super rich. That I, I feel like some sunrise to me aren't as dark as sunrise are as dark as some of those older bourbons too. Yep, for whatever reason. Yeah, you can look at the color of those Rittenhouse rides right behind you. Yeah. Same thing, like super dark. Yeah. 27-year-old. Oh, wow. One thing I was going to ask is, have you guys ever, you know, went to open a bottle and the cork's just disintegrated? Like, what do you do in that case? Uh, yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and okay. So, like, um, like a great Bordeaux wine, right? Yeah. The, the corks, they're meant to last 30, 40, 50 years, right? Because yeah. uh, you want it to age and that oxygen a little bit can escape inside of there and it, it helps the wine breathe and grow. Whiskey, they didn't have this mindset where these were going to be stored for 30 years. And so those corks were not meant to stand the test of time. Uh, so more often than not, through these vintage pours, like you can see, this isn't the original cork. Um, like oh, this yeah. isn't from the 70s Weller. Um, this isn't, same thing, 70s barrel strength. Yeah. So, little wine key, trying to go in. Uh, this one, I was very lucky, got it off in one fell swoop, and this isn't the original cork. Um, other times, like you can see, there's a little bit of cork just floating yeah. in there. We'll have to like basically take a double bar strainer, 
slowly pour it out and, and then like basically like carefully funnel it back in once it's been strained a couple times. Yeah. It's tedious, <laughs> it's terrible, but it's worth it for the final, sure. final product, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do have some of those older whiskeys, get ready, because yeah. the cork's gonna crumble. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not doing it table side in front of people, letting them see you struggle, it's not too bad. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure with some of the older ones too, you get some barrel char in there as well. Yeah, there's some definite, like, interesting, I don't know, if sediments of some kind, but uh, I've seen some, I don't think it's just barrel char, but it's like a coagulation, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Say that again. Huh? Say it again. What? You just told me. I said it almost grabbed onto my tongue, like how viscous it was. Like, <clears throat> that was good. That was good. That was something I ate this morning. All of these, and maybe it is that... N- nostalgic taste that Tyler you're talking about but it's almost like like a smoky lingering on my tongue with all these mm. tastes probably the yogurt you ate on the way here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, could be little uh, dairy coating um, no this one this is by far this my is favorite. super unique and I didn't expect it not to be just based on what I was reading here um, so maybe there's a little bit of influence in my own head but this is this is good and it's got a nice long lingering finish which is that's the rye yeah which I really enjoyed I thought that was good um, I got brown sugar and vanilla on the nose which obviously bourbon but that didn't surprise me but it was it was rich sure it was like really rich and then the viscosity on that tongue shoot that was nice I don't know what you guys thought of that did you drink this one yet yeah what did you think? I mean, it's super unique. I, I want to go in for another taste. And we've got a little more over here, too, if you want to split it up. It was, uh, I mean, that one, of course, it's the, the highest proof, too, but that one hit me in the chest yeah. as soon as I Quite took a it more. to a drink. Yeah. yeah, which was good. I mean, I, I I tend to like the bourbons that open up my chest a little bit yeah. when, I'm, when I'm getting this drink, and mm-hmm. not necessarily always from proof either some of a lot of those rise with that spice well it's crazy i mean i I always think it's nuts how like 100 proof like one bourbon it's just it drinks a little hotter the other like you're like i'm surprised this is even 100 proof you know tastes like it's 85 um this one to me drinks a little hotter than 100 yeah um yeah i could i could see that and maybe it's just the the um the long aftertaste on this is really nice it's really sweet I get a a good amount of vanilla on there for sure yeah Um, but it's not just like oh bourbon vanilla like it's it's a strong it's a strong punch of vanilla it's very complex too like there's a lot of flavors going on with it that's funny I wrote that yeah Yeah. it's just good what's the what's the long aftertaste you guys are getting so I'm coming back to it. Yeah. I'm going to clear my palate and get, come back to these two also. I mean, it, not that the first taste was bad, but the second taste was even better. It just kind of opened up even more for mm-hmm. me. It's good. Water, this of course. Is, this is a question that we always hate to get asked, but we always ask it. I'm 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> what, what is your... What's been your favorite pour out of this room? It's either in here now or not in here. Outside of our portfolio? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I know in this room that you've had. In this room that I've had, well, I'll zoom out from our vintage collection, if okay. you will, from our brand. I will have to say some of these 70s wellers, like that barrel strength, 107, yeah. seven-year, dynamite. Absolutely amazing. Um, it's just something very beautiful <laughs> about it. Uh, I think this whole Stitzel Weller wall is pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, the, the old Wellers, even this old Fitz, that's awesome uh, from the 80s as well. So yeah, those, those have been some of my favorites. Uh, the old Crow Chessman series I was mentioning earlier, yeah. those were amazing. We uh, grossly undersold those. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, those like, flew like hotcakes, but really like those are only 86 proof, but you want to talk about viscosity and body? It, it, 
It's beautiful. Almost drank kind of like like a nutty tawny sort of quality to it. It was fascinating. That's, I mean, that's what I noticed with the uh, was that a seventy three or seventy five old crow traveler that we had yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Did it look like this? Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. But yeah, the top had and, uh, the went all the way across the bottle. Cool. Yeah, and it had the strap over it. Yeah, yeah. We um, so James from Bourbon Enthusiast was here, and he had uh, a Maker's that was like seventy something. Mm. They, something before something changed at Makers, and he mm. said it's one of the most amazing, <clears throat> like weeded. Is it? Is it still had. here? Uh, they've got a couple Makers over here. I don't know what they're from, but um, I don't think those are from the '70s. But he said, I think it was a '77, maybe, is what he said. He said it was the most amazing Makers he'd ever had, and one of the best weeded bourbons he'd ever had. Really? Yeah. He just said that they changed something at a certain point. Mm. And uh, I don't know if it was like an old Coke, new Coke thing, and then <laughs> back to the original. Because I know when they changed their proof at one point, there was an uprising. <laughs> mm. And then they moved it back. So that was another thing that people tried to find was that short, limited time of the changed proof. Mm. Got some old, early times. Yeah, and that one on the far right's not popped. Yeah, this, is, yeah. this is interesting. Like, I could honestly spend... Probably an hour just looking at all the different bottles. Oh yeah, this is this is really crazy what you have here. This collection is really neat. It's all like the a, Harper's up there too. Yeah, it's like really cool. Yeah. Disney oh, yeah. World of bourbon, Kentucky? you know? Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that old mm -hmm. Kentucky. Jeez. Yeah, that old Mictors too. Yeah, this is really really neat. So uh, I guess introduce us to your Bardstown whiskey. So uh, we have. Under the Bardstown Bourbon Company portfolio, we have a few different series, our fusion series, where we showcase our young product and with the source matured product. As I mentioned earlier, I don't know if it's on air or off air, but we're gonna make our estate Weeder Bourbon, Rye Bourbon, Rye Whiskies, 2023, so state releases. Uh, but fusion is where we showcase what we're about as a company, and we got 11th best whiskey in the world by Whiskey Advocate with that series. Uh, then we have Discovery Series, Big Bold, End of the Night, all premium source matured bourbon. And just like Fusion, Discovery also gives you the exact mash bill on the side of every bottle so you know what's going in for every release. Uh, yeah, we're trying to pioneer that to be the new bourbon standard. And then we have our collaboration series where we celebrate the art of finished whiskeys, whether that's with Pfeiffer Pavic Cabernet or Chateau de Labade, a French Armagnac finished double gold winner, um, private labels for MGM Resorts, Goodwood Brewery finishes an amazing relationship with Copper and Kings. Uh, but then zooming into this room, this is our newest addition to the Bardstown Bourbon Company portfolio is our distillery collection. So we don't allocate this anywhere. It's available only here, limited runs. And for this, we really get to push the boundaries of like creativity and innovation. This was developed, curated by our VP of product development, Dan Calloway, and our visitor experience team. So we all sat up in our blending room where we have a bunch of different whiskeys and we, uh, yeah, over the course of a few days, we started to formulate what's inside this bottle. So I'm biased, but this is one of my favorite things we put out. Um, so our triple blended safe finish. It is six and seven year Indiana rye whiskeys, 12 year Kentucky bourbon. And then we're gonna add some stave finishes for a little pop of flavor. So four different staves. Think like a little bit of a confectioner sugar on the front, cinnamon spice, vanilla oak and smoke on the back. And then the whole thing was then re-blended after three weeks of those staves inside that blend with a 17 year bourbon. Uh, just add a little bit of base to it. Uh, beautifully complex, almost drinks dusty, kind of like this Lord Dowling that we started off with, but in a newer, modern approach. Like we love, this is where we celebrate tradition, a rich history of bourbon, but as a company, we're just trying to bring it to this modern era. And that's what we get to do with our distillery collection. Nice. That felt good. Was that live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, a really good intro. I don't know that I've had a better intro to a, a whiskey. Yeah. 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 Well, I absolutely <laughs> love this. I'm incredibly excited about it. But yeah, this is this is dynamite. And the 17 year Ooh. that was added. Yeah. After, is was that was that an Indiana um, bourbon also? No. Uh. -uh. So okay. it was se six seven year Indiana rise, uh, 12 year Kentucky, uh, 17 year Tennessee bourbon. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then so like, that with that we will show you the mash bill, the age, the origin, everything. Um, but we signed non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, with these distilleries, so we can't legally say where these came from. Like, yes. neither confirm nor deny, right? The legal jargon. But you can Google all of this and figure it out in a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That goes for just about every release. 
And are some of these um, distillery only releases available in your like in like your gift shop? Yeah. Is this bottle available? Online? Yes, absolutely. Cool. Mm-hmm. That smells really good. <laughs> Dude, this might be one of the best nose. To be honest, that it jumped right out as soon as I got it to about here. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Am I wrong in saying this is almost has like a cinnamon roll nose to it? Like I get like if this. You stick your pinky out. <laughs> I do like these glasses too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you do because those are yours to keep. That's awesome. our way of saying thank you for joining us. Yeah. Oh, That's thank awesome. You. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're awesome. Huh. Have to take one to Rhett. Yeah, that other one is yours to keep as well. Sweet. Which one? That one. That last class. Yeah, yeah. one to Brett. Yeah. Brett's got a glass going. Yeah. And a master's keep one. <laughs> <laughs> and we stopped at Wild Turkey yesterday too, and they had their master's keep out. Oh, cool. Yeah. We got lucky. Snag it? Yeah. yeah. Each got, well, you didn't get one. So I got two because I bought his, got him one, and then uh, someone there bought one for our buddy. Cool. And then oh, it's a one per person. Yeah. Yeah. Same. We get it. Yeah. So we always do this thing called bottle kill every year when we do this for his birthday. We do it an annual. It's an annual trip. So every year now we've done a bottle kill, and so we got the extra master's keep and did a bottle kill of that last night. (laughs) Wow. Wait. We try to do it as a with a good bourbon. Yeah. We try to find a. Last year was semi high end bourbon. Yeah. Last year was last year did stag and batch thirteen Woodford, stag. Woodford, uh, very fine. Yeah, right. we killed yeah. two last cool. year. That was and we picked that up on the trail. So we is this split this. just between the three of you all? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. If Brett was with us last year, so so last last night it was just the three of us for the Masters Keep. So we only did one. So if you're understanding why I'm hurting, it's because we had a bottle of What I can't understand is how you're still here, like yeah. composed as you are. Well, the best part is every time we went to the bathroom, we topped him off a little bit. Okay. <laughs> That's why we're fine. <laughs> we, we still, I mean, that, that I mean, was I, a lot. It was a lot. It was a when lot. I poured out three you know, hefty, hefty uh, Kinsey drams, I mean, the Kinsey dram was almost halfway full, and, you know, like maybe a third of the bottle's gone away. Just like oh, like, oh God, boy. What are we doing? We're in for this kind of night. <laughs> yeah. So we always, uh, we'll always podcast in it too. And the yes. podcast just ends up being a shit show. And <laughs> but it's, it's one of our favorite, like we yeah. have the most responses on that episode because we're just idiots. Yeah. <laughs> we're by the end and it's, it's, it's fun. fun. It's fun. Yeah, Don't let it encourage fun. you too much. You need some of this life to yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Right. And then we, uh, we, we laughed and we, Uber down to we attempted to go to Mammy's last night and they were closing up and then we went to mm. the Rick House and had dinner at the Rick House and cool. it's really good. I have to buy it. Damn it, I knew this was gonna happen. Every yeah. time. I'm done buying bottles and then we have something else. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing with bourbon. There's so much good stuff. I've, it's, it's, the funny thing is is I don't own a single Bardstown bourbon company bottle. Oh, okay. Do we, do they, are they in the one? Yeah, they have yeah. the Fusion series. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Fusion, Discovery's more limited. Okay. Um, this, we get the Discovery series, too. Gotcha. We mm-hmm. get both, but that's usually... The Discovery sells pretty quick. Yeah, it does. Very much sells so. quick, too, to be honest. I mean, this is the first time ever having Bartown bourbon for me. Yeah. yeah. I've never had it before, either. I'm trying to remember which, um, which Discovery series I had with... Um, one of my buddy, I can't remember. It's one of his favorite bourbons, and he can't get the the that Discovery series anymore. Yeah, they're limited runs. So, right. like as I mentioned, you'll see the series number Mashville below, uh, and the, we're just always working on the next thing. So, so when we bottles, I was gonna say, what's the what's the Mashville on this one? Uh, four different Mashbills combined mm-hmm. together. Oh, right off sure. the rip, I can't exactly have it memorized. Like. Was the six year the ninety five five rye whiskey? But here I can. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, like right off, right off. Yeah. All right. So ninety five five on the six year rye whiskey. Yep, right there. Uh, Forty five corn, fifty one rye, four malted barley for the other rye whiskey, yeah. Indiana, and then seventy four eighteen eight for the twelve year Kentucky bourbon. Oh yeah. Ooh. And then eighty four eight. Eight malted barley for the seventeen-year Tennessee. God, there's a seventeen, a twelve, and then those uh, six, seven, seven. Yeah, for those rides. What's the other rye one in Indiana? That's weird. That's fifty-one. 
The, the rye mash bill is what again? The 67? 51% rye. This is the one that's right across. 45% corn, 4% malted barley. 51% okay. rye usually. That's theirs. It's 51%. But I think wild turkey is 51% rye as well. So I don't, Here. This I don't is, know where they get theirs from. This is what it is. I mean, right off the bat, you can taste the rye. The Indiana seven year is corn 45, rye 51, malted barley 4. So wait, what's the company you went, uh, you and Brett? Starlight. Oh. It wouldn't be them? No, no, no. Bread didn't go. So it was Starlight. And I don't know that they do a rye. They might. I'll have to remember. But that's, they're not a big enough operation to help these guys. <laughs> they're pretty small. But it's still pretty cool. This is good. Yeah, it's this really is good. really good. Damn it. Yeah, and this is still chapter one for our company, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, this is a... You guys are doing some good things. Everyone always talks about it. Uh, how much is that bottle? Uh, One ninety-nine. Two hundred. Yeah, round up 200. Marketing doesn't like the sound of that number, though. Yeah. So just 199.99. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is much better than the 2500 for a pour. <sighs> Absolutely. Oh, man, this is so good. This is good. I'll give you more of that rye because you like that. Yeah. All right, so we've tasted everything. What do you guys think? Man. What was your favorite? Excluding, excluding, excluding this one. Yeah. At first, I thought it was going to be the rye. Um, I think, I think it is the rye for me, actually. It so? is the rye for yeah. me. Um, Kentucky Tavern, a close second for you? Yeah, I, it was between the Kentucky yeah. Tavern and... I mean, listen, they're all phenomenal and yeah. phenomenal in their own ways. The Kentucky Tavern for me is... I mean, as you guys know, like the rye hits me in the wrong spot on this one. I, I like it. It's good. But just I'm not a big rye guy. This really, really jumped out for me. Yeah. Um, do you guys want a little bit more of this too? No, I have, I have, a, I have a sip. But no, go ahead. A whole glass. Go ahead. The rye is amazing, and and I that's I think easily my favorite. Uh, you know, but the more rye followed rye. up at that Kentucky Tavern is amazing too. Yeah. You know, it's it's very complex. You know, it's, it's got a lot to it. I like this. <laughs> so it's my least favorite this of the three, but it's but I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, but I, I definitely liked it. It just was my least favorite of the three. Um, I think, uh, yeah, Kentucky Tavern for me, um, this was probably third, so the rye was probably my second, which, again, surprising because I'm not a big rye liker, but this is this rye was a little bit different. I liked it. It makes me want to buy the new Overholt and just kind of see if I like that too. Yeah. Because um, the ryes that I tend to like are a little bit lower, like the old Forester, 51% rye, and I think the Wild Turkey 101, I think, is 51% rye, I believe, as mm -hmm. well, which I don't know if they get theirs from Indiana. I have no idea if it's the same source, but um, but I tend to like those because they're lower rye threshold, you know, like the, the 51 versus like a yeah. 95.5 from MGP. So I, I, I don't know. That's just me. But that pumpernickel rye from Middle West Spirits, the way they prep their so rye good. is so stinking good. Have you had Middle West Spirits? Mm-mm. Oh. They're amazing. Sounds so, like I need to. Well, they're they, out of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. And they actually, uh, they're really starting, they started, I think, around 2000 or so. I think so. And their stuff's really, really starting to mature now. And um, their bourbon is really good. It's a, it's a four-grain bourbon. Oh, lovely. Yeah, and, and the, the pumpernickel rye is part of that four-grain Cool. But the rye, the rye bourbon, or the rye bourbon, the rye whiskey is really, really good. And yeah. they did a cast right there. They cast right dry every so often. What's the name of it one more time? Middle West Spirits. Middle West Spirits? Cool. Yeah, and so, like, they had a name originally as OYO. Okay. And they did vodka gin. They still do it under that label, under that brand. But their bourbons and ryes have gone over to Middle West Spirits. Cool. So, um, and they do Horse Soldier as well. Yeah, yeah. They, they sourced Horse Soldier. I know Horse Soldier is making a distillery down here in Tennessee or something. Um, but they they do the I think contract not source they contract is still for Horse Soldier mm -hmm. and then they contract is still for a few other places too actually mm -hmm. yeah um, when we were there last you guys you weren't I wasn't no, there, were there yeah. when we were there they were actually distilling some uh, rye for someone mm -hmm. at that time I don't remember who it was it was a bigger one too right yeah, wasn't it, was it uh, who's the uh, it was the newer it wasn't for Jim Rutledge's new uh Blue I don't rod. think it was for blue, blue rod, rod or anything. Yeah, no. I don't think so. mm -hmm. It wasn't anything that 
well known. He, I, I, they get their stuff. I, I can't remember off the bat, but it's mostly down around here. There's places that do their stuff for them. Um, and I think even Tennessee, maybe. Should be anyway. a little quieter. I should be. I'm <laughs> thinking. That's why. <laughs> Call you Ed Sheeran, just thinking out loud. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so they're um, so Midwest Spirits um, Pumpernickel Rye Barrel Strength was a limited release, and you could only get it at the distillery, right? They didn't yeah, release they that. They have a regular shelf version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get it in Kentucky as well. A lot of the liquor stores now have it. Yeah, um, but it's it's good. It's really they've really found their way, and it's mm. it's you can tell that when they were younger, their stuff wasn't very good, and now it's really really good. And we did a barrel pick through them for their bourbon, which their yeah. cast strength, which. Very I'm un- biased, but like it, it's probably one of our favorite. I know. I can't, I, I yeah. I have like maybe two pours left. Yeah, <laughs> I have just got it. Pushed to the back of my cabinet behind the American yeah. whiskey. And we've done. <laughs> so um, that I don't touch it. And we've done. So good. We did another one through them, which it should be coming out soon. Yeah. It's with Mash and Drum. Um, okay. Mash and Journey. He has a club uh, thing that he does. We went with him and did a barrel pick. But, I mean, it was it was good, but it, it just it's not as good. <laughs> yeah, honestly, whatever that barrel was, that was a unicorn barrel, I think. I mean, they even said so. Like, I don't know if I told you this, but Ryan told Rudra afterwards that he didn't want to give us the barrel. He's like, oh, he goes, I, I want this barrel for our own release. <laughs> and Rudra's like, oh, come on, and so I don't think he would have followed through, but he really like he thought it was Ryan's their master distiller or whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, he wanted that barrel for himself. Oh. It was so good. Like That's I, cool. I, I I could talk about it for an hour. But anyway, so what else we got? Anything we just... Uh, well, uh, if you guys or? like, I can show you the distillery. Won't say yeah. no to that. That'd yeah. be sweet. When do we have to be yeah. in Jephthah? I have I no think, idea. Uh, let me check real quick, make sure we're on. Yeah, we've got an hour, so, I mean... How far is Jephthah? Uh, we've got an hour before we have to drive to Jephthah. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah cool. so bring your uh, Stem Glen Cairns. Okay. I have a, a box, kept the box down here if that's easier oh. for travel's sake. Oh, yeah. yeah let's uh, stop the recording here, too, and then, I don't know, we don't have to record the actual tour. It's Yeah, it's going to be loud in there. It, yeah, it'll just fine. get muffled. Okay. All right, so thanks for joining us, guys. Find us on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you give us a five-star review. You can find us at The Purple Nerds on Instagram. I'm Dude Pool on Instagram, Brett Paul Bryan on Instagram, Peoples underscore Schnoz on Instagram, Tyler Schaefer 04 on Instagram, and Young Jeff 07 on Instagram. Find us all, follow us, reach out to us, let us know uh, what you think. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon.